Hi. <laughs> hi, hi. All right. So I started recording so we just wouldn't miss out on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So just so you know, you have you have complete control over what uh, what goes on in this episode. Like um, I can edit it afterwards, and if you just decide even that you you want me to delete the entire thing, I probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that. Like just share what you're comfortable with, and I'll share whatever. Honestly, like I'm I'm not. Uh, I, I was actually really afraid of of this episode for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> for, I can for understand. Past. For the past week, I've been like, like I'm excited. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's heavy... weird hearing your voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess you're just gonna like start it like the way you normally start yours, your podcast then. Yeah, you can tell me how you how you've been in general. We haven't talked in, uh, in ages. Yeah, good. Um, had a really good week this week actually. Uh, James and I, so my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We actually just signed off on an apartment, Ooh. so we're officially moving in together at the end of the month. Mm. So, uh, pretty big adult steps happening <laughs> in life. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, like we we like we're discussing it for a while and everything, and then we went and organized the viewing, and we went and everything. And I was just like, yeah, you know, this is it's happening, it's normal. And then the day on Wednesday when we went actually to sign the contract. Like, I came out of the agency and I was like, holy, <laughs> holy shit, this shit. is actually a really big fucking step to be taking yeah, in my yeah. life. <laughs> but, like, he, he was basically crashing at your place all the time anyways, right? Yeah, no, like, I mean, we've basically been living together already since, like, April. Yeah. Like, so it's not, like, that big a transition. The only thing is, like, now it's actually, like, like, even now, he, he moved out of his studio at the beginning of this month and moved into the house that I'm currently living in. But we have a housemate as well. Okay. And so, like, you know, there's still, like, that buffer. But then, like, at the end of this month, we're going into a place and it's going to be, like, our place, you know? Yeah, like, like, like you're going to wake up to his face, you're going to sleep to his face, and you're going to... Yeah. His face. It's just going to be his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess... Yeah. I'm the cat. Okay, the cat balances things out. It's important. Yeah, we have a roommate. Doesn't pay yeah. fucking rent, though. Oh, shit. <laughs> How are would you? Be, would be fun being a cat. I'm great, man. I'm uh, yeah. yeah. I also got a new internship that I start tomorrow, like literally. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Very, very freaky, man. <laughs> uh, I like, I like, like I'm more, I'm more looking forward to and excited for this talk than the internship. You know, like I'm more <laughs> <laughs> on edge for this. Well, I mean, um, we all have our, uh, we all have our importances in life. Our important importances. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds better than important things. (laughs) Our importances. (laughs) Like, like I've been thinking, like, uh, (laughs) like importances. It's a nice word. I'm gonna gonna keep it in mind. Because no, like, actually, what what we're talking about is is important. Mm. And honestly, (laughs) like, when I think about the entire topic in general, when when you talk Mm. about anything like sexual harassment or I feel like how important you feel afterwards, like how worth worthwhile you think you are after something like this. Like you, you question that too. Yeah. You know, you, you start thinking like uh, your your entire identity and character gets like, okay, Ripped like I, I have to think about this for a very yeah. long time and rebuild it. Yeah. So so it's uh, definitely like definitely like what what I went through is very different than what you went through, and I'm still mm-hmm. not exactly sure at all what you went through. Yeah, although we'll talk about that today. Some pieces, yeah. yeah. Like for me, it was a lot more 
I felt very judged and misjudged yeah. and unheard. And I didn't know how I could, you know, I made myself heard through through the podcast, sure. But still, yeah, but I, I, mm. with the actual situation, yeah. I felt like it's something that, that I'm carrying, even though it wasn't something that I should carry. It was something that mm -hmm. someone else imposed on me somehow through yeah. misunderstanding and lack of perspective. Yeah. And I think she thrives. Excuse me. <laughs> That's like the cutest things I've heard in my life. God. Thanks. So so yeah. So like through this through this entire episode, I don't think there's any point in trying to justify ourselves or to try and explain ourselves away. I think it's what's important is to just gain new perspective into how we yeah. both throughout our how it's happened and how we grew out of it basically, and how mm -hmm. we try to rationalize it mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. Yalla, shall we do the intro? What's intro? I feel like this is already this is all going to be this, the episode this, ready. Yeah. I thought I thought you were going to I thought you were going to do like a proper intro like No, no, like I I I, I can record the intro later and add it at the beginning and and stuff like that, you know. Like, oh. but, but I think it's more naturally nice if we just go into into it. Yeah. Right yeah. Okay. No, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. So, yeah, I did listen to uh, that episode where you talked about what happened. And, um, yeah, I mean, so for for the listeners who don't know, um, <laughs> I've been through my fair share of shit mm. in terms of uh, sexual assault. Um, by the way, I mean, I guess this could be in the intro as well, but trigger warning to everyone listening. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a difficult conversation. There's going to be some details that are disclosed. That um, um, very real, real episode here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, despite, despite the giggling, which is a defense mechanism, it's uh, exactly. There's going to be some real fucking shit being talked about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, I am a person that has gone through sexual assault. I'm, uh, I don't like to consider myself a victim. I don't like to consider myself a survivor, which are usually the words that are kind of assigned to people like me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's, I, I, I don't, it, it is definitely a part of me and it has some, it's been something that's shaped me and shaped the way I act towards certain people and behave in certain situations. But at the same time, I don't like to consider it as my identity if that makes sense because yeah, I'm I've luckily had time to heal uh in a way I mean of course I'm not fully healed and I'm never going to be fully healed regarding this it's always something that's going to be painful it's always in the background yeah exactly like you know and the, like you really see it when I say it's when we say it's always in the background it's it is something that just can pop up at the most random times as well like you can be fine and then someone for example for me if someone i don't know very well or someone does it unexpectedly if they grab my wrist mm -hmm. i it freaks me the fuck out like i really i really don't like it because it is a major trigger for me mm. and um and yeah so basically in short what happened to me was um i was sexually assaulted when i was a child from the ages of about six to ten years old, it was Continu by a continuous. Um, yeah, it was by a family member of mine who was not in like my house all the time or anything. Mm. Um, I was just seeing this person on vacation and everything, and 
And I mean, it wasn't every night when I was on vacation or anything like that, but it happened. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of like the start of everything. Um, and then when I got to about 10 years old, yeah, I mean, I kind of got a bit too big for him, I guess. And, um, and it stopped. And as well, when I was a teenager, I kind of confronted him on it. And I was like, look, this was really fucked up. And when I found out that he had a daughter, I oh, pulled him dude. to the side. Yeah, I pulled him to the side, actually. And I was like, listen to me. If I have any kind of indication that the same shit is happening to your daughter that was happening to me, I will fucking kill you myself. <laughs> like, And it was, <clears throat> it was a bit difficult of a situation in the sense that I was a child and I didn't really realize what was happening to me. Yeah. And I only started realizing when I was a teenager because, you know, like when you look back on your childhood and you realize like there's little things like, and this is for everyone, you realize like, oh, that, that kind of, that kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> like, like even if it's something like watching it when you're a little bit too young and then you grow mm -hmm. up with a fear of clowns and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. That, that's probably why. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's something you just kind of realize a little bit older and, um, yeah. And unfortunately that was not the last time that something happened to me like that. Um, it also happened again when I was, in when I was 17 years old and I was living in Jordan and, um, there was a party that I went to with some people that I didn't know. And I don't know if this guy drugged my drink or if I was just if I just had too much to drink. Um, I don't actually remember the incident, but it was probably my most terrifying incident because I don't remember it happening. Yeah. All I know was that I was downstairs and then all of a sudden I was upstairs in a bedroom lying in my own blood and naked. And I didn't, I didn't understand what had happened. And I was just very scared and very confused. And it was, um, that was probably the toughest one to get over because you, you don't know how you were in that situation. You don't know what was happening. It was, it's just, it's just blank, which is why now with my PTSD, for example, if I get a flashback to that event, it was, it's more of a muscle memory flashback more mm. than like an actual mental imagery, whatever. Mm. Like if I have a flashback with mental, it's when I wake up when I woke up at that time. But, um, I mean, for example, a few months ago, my boyfriend, uh, leant on my arm a little bit wrong. And I just, it was, I knew like that part of my body remembered like something happening to it in the same way a few years ago. Mm. And, uh, then two more incidents. I've gone through a lot of shit, man. Jesus. Dude, yeah, respect. <laughs> Uh, um it was just like, uh, like how how blood like how how was it bloody uh, um well I, I i woke up and i um my legs like my thighs were covered in it and there was like a little pool underneath me on the sheets okay um and it wasn't like um you know female time or anything it was you, uh, you were cut it, i i was um my my asshole was teared basically oh my god yeah and i mean i remember like afterwards for like two weeks or something showering was so painful 
even having the fucking joy of taking a shit was so painful. Dude, but but, but like seriously, like af- after after something like this, like how how do you actually get out of bed and move? You know, like how how do you anything after something like this? On honestly, it it took me a really long time to deal with it. I I mean, obviously, when it just happened, like I remember at this party, like like I said, I didn't really know anybody. I just knew the friend mm. that I came with. Um, after this party, we, um, I kind of like when I woke up, I went downstairs where the party was actually happening and there was a pool and I just kind of went, I'm going to take a swim now (laughs) and like jumped into the pool and my friend followed me and he was like, what's up? And I started crying and I was like, we need to leave like right now. And, uh, I think the reason why I jumped into the pool was just because I needed, I, I wanted to feel clean. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, I obviously cleaned myself up before leaving the bedroom and everything, but I still felt so, so incredibly dirty that mm. someone, someone violated me. Violated, like someone, yeah. Yeah, someone, like, the fact that I don't remember as well, like, someone literally just, just stripped everything there was about me. Like an object. like Exactly. Because that, that's the thing that's so that can be so terrifying about it for some people is that you literally don't feel human in this moment because this person is treating you like you are nothing. Worthless. And the, exactly. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, like I, I didn't really deal with it for a long time. Um, I think it took until I went to university mm. where I actually started to deal with it because I didn't want to tell my parents. Okay. Obviously. Um, it's a very difficult conversation to have with your parents and, um, and living in Jordan, unfortunately, legally speaking, the repercussions can be worse for the victim than it can be for the actual, that's, that's, that's another fucked up thing. Like, yeah, yeah, no. And, and at the same time, um, this was just happening because like I said, like for the first time when it was happening, uh, with my relative. I, I didn't really deal with it until I was a teenager because I didn't really realize what was happening until mm-hmm. I was a teenager. And like when before I moved to Jordan, I was in Lebanon for two years mm-hmm. and I was going through like a really bad depression and everything because of it. And um, then when I moved to Jordan, I was kind of like, OK, fresh start, you know, we're going to leave all the shit behind. We're going to figure life out and be happy. And then yeah. when I and then, and then when something I got, like that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think I literally. I think it happened literally maybe after I was living in Jordan for like two months. So it was Shit. really quite at the beginning. And, um, and yeah, and I didn't want to deal with it because nobody wants to deal with something like that. It's, it's horrendous. Mm. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was something, like I said, I didn't deal with until university because I just, I didn't want to, first of all, be seen by the people around me as this, happening to me people treat a lot of the time people treat you differently and Mm -hmm. no one wants that and also I didn't want um I didn't want my parents to worry I I just kind of wanted to get through with school and be done and leave you know and I thought by not dealing with it by the time I leave it's basically forgotten about and that wasn't the case (laughs) because I'm still dealing with it today but um and it's been what five years or something six years now so yeah it's um it's an ongoing process Mm. and then um when I moved to university 
Um, my first year of uni, I was in a school doing a degree, which I hated. Mm. So obviously, like there were some struggles with that in itself. And then I changed schools and I found a degree that I enjoyed. I found people that I really liked and everything. Mm. And so things started really looking up. And then, unfortunately, um, after a few months of being in my new degree, it happened again at the, um, there's a, like a, a Dutch tradition called Carnival. I, mm. I think you know it, Khaled. It's the, yeah, the, where you dress up and you drink a lot. Yeah, you, you basically for a week are getting shit-faced in costumes, which is in itself is pretty great. But uh, unfortunately, um, a friend who, like a friend of my friend, uh, got a bit too fucked up and then he lost the people he was staying with and he had my number. And so he called me. I told him like, yeah, man, you know, just come over and uh, you can crash here and then we'll go look for them in the morning. Because it was like 4 a.m. And mm. Carnival's in February, so it's freezing. Mm. I'm not going to... I'm not, leave I'm leave not someone outside. That... You're, you're exactly. not the type of person who would leave anyone outside. E exactly. For a second. And, yeah. yeah. And um, that was my mistake. That I, that I thought I could trust him to sleep in my room. And then, unfortunately, it ended up being a repercussion for me. And, um, yeah. And then that was like kind of like the last of the worst things that happened mm. um, until May this year. No, April. Eh, March, 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 March. Okay, yeah, March, I'm sure. <laughs> um, where I was going through a really rough patch with my ex-boyfriend. Mm. And um, I had some friends of mine and they were like, yeah, we know you've been going through a hard time. Why don't you come over after work? We'll, um, we'll have some drinks and hang out and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, okay. I went over, we had some drinks, I talked to them. Everything was fine and I was feeling better. And then all of a sudden it was too late for me to go home by myself. There was no buses, I didn't have a bike. And as you can imagine, I'm cautious to walking alone at night. Yeah. <laughs> so um, especially for like a 45 minute walk. So uh, the, uh, one of my friends... Well, he's not my friend anymore. One of the guys told me, look, why don't you just go sleep upstairs in my bed? It's massive. You know, like, when I come up, you won't even notice that I'm there. And I woke up to him touching me. And I didn't know what to do. I was just frozen in that moment. And I just continued to be asleep. Because I, I was worried that if I showed him that I was awake and tried to fight back, it would Dude, that's escalate. Fun. Yeah. And um, since then, I haven't really spoken to him. I've been trying to avoid him as much as possible, which is a bit difficult because we have a similar friend group. But, I mean, in terms of, like, physically scarring all, like, the sexual assaults that happened to me when I was 17, when I was 20, when I was 21, when I was a kid, it was... It, you lost that humanity and everything. But then with this guy in March, it was really just losing losing so much trust because yeah, that how, was something... how, how can you trust fucking anyone you know like <laughs> yeah I'm asking myself like how can you actually like like trust someone anymore like i i can't even put myself uh, through mm -hmm. that yeah i mean it's definitely still something i find difficult to do 
there like, like i mean you 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 had to act as if you were asleep to avoid making it even a bigger problem I and mean, you just stayed there like i don't know if i could have just I, I don't know how i would have anything throughout i can't i can't even try to imagine how i would have acted in any of these situations yeah well that's the thing is that the body you know it goes into this like they they talk about fight or flight yeah but then there's one f that they forget a lot of the time which is just freeze and that's that's what happened a lot in in terms of what happened to me during carnival in terms of what happened to me with this guy in march is that you have a moment where this person is stripping you away piece by fucking piece with every single touch they do every single kiss they do whatever and you your brain can go into it it goes into overdrive in a way that your body doesn't know how to react because like for me, when I froze, when my, when that guy was touching me in March, it wasn't in a way of don't move, don't show that you're awake. Otherwise he will, it will be worse. But it was literally just, I cannot do anything in this moment. I could not bring myself to open my eyes, to make a noise, to scream, to do anything. And I just, I waited for him like him to finish and then he rolled over and went to sleep and that's when I got up and left because I was just I I didn't want to have another you know like as, as fucked up as it sounds is like that molestation that happened in March was like physically speaking nothing in comparison to the rest of what had happened to me it I'm mentally fucked up, mentally scarring as hell. But mm. like in comparison, as as shitty as it sounds, it could have been worse. You know? And that's mm. what I wanted to avoid. I wanted to avoid having another it could have been worse situation. Do you have any questions? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I need to, <laughs> I need lot, to process I this too, you know, like uh... <laughs> Yeah. No, I know it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but like, I I can't imagine like what like like how come like, there's so many questions that that can <laughs> that can be asked. breathe. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, so but I mean that's why I'm here. It's a it's a hard conversation, and I know you'll have your questions, and that's okay because I want people to ask questions about this. I want people to be more aware of it, not necessarily with me, but in general, is a conversation that needs to be had. It's uh, yeah, and uh, thanks for being here. But yeah, like you mentioned more than once, how you had to like they stripped away with every touch and every kiss or anything. They strip mm -hmm. away more and more of what you are. But then what's what's left, and how do you rebuild from that? Uh, like so often too. Yeah, well, I guess one of the positive things of everything that happened to me is I always had a little bit of a interval between them it's not like it was one after the another uh, the other you know and in that time you do rebuild yourself and every time it was more more and more difficult to do so mm. after what happened in march like for example what happened in carnival with that guy um who i let into my house mm. i was in bed for i think four weeks for a month just crying my housemates were having to force me to eat and everything 
because I, I, I was, I was so broken after that. But after four weeks, I got up out of bed. I went to school. I went, I went to resume everything. But for example, what happened to me in March, though it was less than what happened with that other guy, I was, I was depressed and broken and incapable of doing shit for three months, I think. It took me until the end of May to go and get a job to, to go and do anything because Wait, I was But, uh, so but I, 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 I saw you on the 6th of May, I think. Yeah. And you already had a job then. Did I have a job? What was I doing? Do you remember? You were at the, uh, the burrito place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was, um, that was something that I was doing kind of part-time because I was trying to get back into that because mm. they ended up not giving me a job. Mm. And then I had another like three week interval with not having a job. Mm. I was trying like it took me like two, two months or so to really try and start getting back into society and being um, being productive. Mm. And it is really, really hard to build yourself up after that. I mean, it's as as much as it may sound that I'm comfortable with talking about this. This is an incredibly difficult conversation for me to mm. have. Yeah, anyone. And and it's and literally the only reason why I'm able to sit here and talk about this is one because of you, Khalid. I mean, I trust you. Yeah. See, like, why? How come? I like, how can you trust anyone after after all of this? Like, because I mean, you know who I am as a person in the sense that, like you said, I will never leave someone out in the cold. Mm. You know, I. I try and take all of these shitty things that happen to me and turn it into a way. Because, like, if you look at all the shitty things that happen to me and all the people that don't know about it, like, if they meet me in the street or you're so, in a you're bar. You're so cheerful, you're so kind, and you're so happy. And, but, you, would yeah. never, you would never think that. Mm. And the reason why I do that is because I know there's people that go through shit with, and they do the same thing where they act super cheerful, super outgoing. And I want to be... I want to show that, like, you know, it's okay. It's not, not it's what happened is okay, but it's going to be okay in the sense that, like, I, because I could have, I could have fucking killed myself a few years ago. I could have. There were periods where I really, really wanted to. But then I thought, if I'm not here to share my story, to be a person that can actually, if someone comes, yeah, yeah, if someone comes up to me and tells me I've been raped or I, I was sexually assaulted or whatever. I can be there for that person in a way that someone who hasn't, you know, can. Like, I can, can never, be, yeah. I, can, I can understand that pain in a way that other people can't. And, and that was the most difficult for me, thing for me when I was growing up. And I had that depression in Lebanon because I never felt so alone in those moments. And that is what I try to do with my pain is turn it into a way that people know that they are not alone and there's always going to be someone that understands yeah, especially so how you, you understood the second i told you you just yeah you told me you, you know that I'm, I'm not a bad guy that you know that i'm a good guy and that yeah you know that meant a lot to me coming from you very yeah. honestly because, because i mean after all this shit you kind of learn how to read people <laughs> <laughs> you gotta learn okay this person i should probably be a little bit more careful with than this person you know and it's just 
like with you, I've, we've known each other, what, six years now? Is that five? Uh, since I was 16, I think. So uh, seven, I think, yeah. Seven years. That's a long fucking time. And I mean, though we haven't spoken every day, though we don't see each other all the time, I, I look at you when you were 16 and I look at you now. And yes, you've evolved, you've changed, you've become an amazing guy and everything. But there's also a consistency to you. There's never been a moment where I've had a doubt in who you are as a person. Despite the fact that you've changed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always been a level of connection and ability to know that you are a person I can trust. That's never wavered. Thanks. <laughs> you gotta let them. <laughs> yeah, okay. What more can yeah. I say? Yeah. And I mean, what happened to you in May was awful. Mm. It was awful. I mean, obviously, obviously, if you're a person that's gone through that kind of pain of sexual assault, rape or whatever, mm. it's a different kind of pain. But what happened to you as a guy who I know would never intend to do anything like that, especially considering how many times what we've how many times we've hung out by ourselves, mm. how many times we've been drinking, how many times we've not been drinking <laughs> so and so forth it, yeah. it's just I've literally been at my most vulnerable point with you without having a fear so that that is why I mean I'm never going to be the person to tell another woman you know that didn't happen and of course, for what you said about like the jokes that you were making about these two girls on the couch and everything, mm. I know you, I know that you don't like, I'm not saying, I, I mean, I know you and I know that you would make a joke like that, but I know you wouldn't mean it <laughs> in the way, you know, <laughs> but yeah. like, and that's the thing is that that's the difficult thing that people have with making certain types of jokes. Yeah, that, like I, at the end of the day, I also don't know what they've been through in their lives and what they've exactly. experienced too. And I, I can see like my part in it, and I see how how I don't blame them for the way that they reacted, but just the entire thing altogether just felt very wrong for me. I just felt very misunderstood. And you know, like sure, I, I did go to the event, I did go to the Amyan with the intention, like I'm looking forward to hooking up with someone. You know, like you'd mm -hmm. go anywhere you'd go, you'd be looking forward to. Hook up with someone. Maybe yeah. it's just me. I don't. I don't know. Oh no, that's a single thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so it's just that. It just felt like okay. Sure. I feel like now looking back at it, I I went into it with a very wrong mindset. You know, I I, mm -hmm. I had longer hair at the time, and like I actually straightened it out so that I'd look better, and and I <laughs> was literally like flirting left and right with anyone that I thought I could I could hook up with. Mm -hmm. But and and that was the outcome of it. You know, people felt uncomfortable and. Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I was that for, for more than a single girl. So I can see that it's something I really had to introspect a lot about. But it's just like, like you said, you know, it's, it's a lot of vulnerability and a lot of fear and, and it's just misheard. You know, I would have liked, mm -hmm. I would have just appreciated it if, because I saw what bothered me the most about specifically this girl that I said this joke to, like about the pictures. Yeah, I'd look at them mm -hmm. later or now kiss or anything. Mm -hmm. Is that is that I I saw her and I saw I thought that I saw someone very special. I mm -hmm. thought like oh she's she's fun she's open minded and she's understanding and all of that. Mm -hmm. But her going and complaining about me to other people and not not at least like 
talking to me about it. Uh, like I, I thought that I saw someone special and it tur- felt like I was wrong. And that mm-hmm. also hurt in its own way. And yeah, I don't, I don't know how easy it is for a girl to go up to a guy and tell him like, yo, you said this thing and that makes me uncomfortable that you said it. So I can also un- understand like someone finding it difficult to do that. And they find that, okay, there's an escape here and let me just take that because it's the most comfortable for me. But I don't think, I don't know. Because like I'm looking at your stories and as horrible as, as everything that happened was, I don't feel like there was any justice at any point for any of these people. Like, I don't know what happened to your family member. I don't know about the guy that was at the carnival. I don't know about the guy from March. None of none of the incidents had any repercussions for the guys who, yeah. who stripped everything away from you and hurt you in a way that normally no other person really can. And not just physically, but mentally on a level that, that just... Where's the justice, you know? Yeah. And I, I looked at that with my case. Like, I would have loved to talk to each to each girl, understand a lot more and, and mm-hmm. listen, all of that. But there, the, that's just life. You don't have that sometimes. Um, but how do you actually resolve something? Because they, they came up to me and told me, take your shit and leave or we'll call yeah. the police. Now, now, did I touch any of these girls? No. Did I, did I do anything to them beyond... Like once they said no and made it clear that nothing's going to happen between us, I completely just stepped back and like didn't even bother anymore. And I think that's what bothered the French girls that I hit on even more. It's that, okay, I hit on two friends and they told each other and that pissed them off. But but it's just that they saw that I was so okay with just not having to to even push more. I I think they just wanted more attention in in that specific scenario. Mm -hmm. But, But just... I don't know. He just told me to to leave instantly, but there was no there was no basis for you to. to there was blame no conversation. Like there wasn't. There was no conversation. If, yeah. Even if you got the police, like mm-hmm. I just didn't do anything wrong. In, in my opinion, I didn't. I didn't push a boundary that shouldn't have been pushed yeah. at any point. But still, where where's the justice? I don't. I don't get it. I mean, the thing is, is like, for me. And I mean, everything I give, it's obviously not speaking on the whole basis of the community of quote-unquote victims and survivors. Mm. But from my sole opinion and perspective is that for me, if someone now makes a comment about me that makes me uncomfortable or they do something that makes me uncomfortable, I will tell them. Mm. But for example, for what happened to me in March, I never had a conversation with that guy. But that is because I've gone through so much worse than a shady comment, so much worse than someone grabbing my ass in a club or whatever. But for someone that's never experienced that pain, especially if they were French, actually, because don't forget, the sexual harassment culture in France is so much more different. Like, you can get arrested for catcalling in France. Really? Yeah, that's a new thing. Um, So, like, if you are a person that's never gone through something like that, you know, first of all, it can lead to one of or two people that I've seen. If you're a person that's never had that type of trauma. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that you've never had this type of trauma. Absolutely not. Mm. But you can either be a person that, one, doesn't realize when it happens to you. Mm. And then you're able to kind of take everything on the chin and just be like, oh, he was just being friendly or whatever. Mm. Or two, when it does happen, you overreact to the situation because for example for me because of the severe trauma i've had Mm. a joke is nothing 
yes, I can get pissed off, I can get upset, but I can tell this person, fuck you. Mm. You know? Because of all the other shit I went through, which was so much worse. But for someone who say their most heavy experience with sexual harassment would be to get their ass grabbed in a club, it's much easier for them to get upset by it because this is the severity of what they have experienced. It's like when I have conversations with people about depression. Mm. like Because I've had multiple conversations about mental health with different people from everywhere. And I remember, like a lot of them, is that they tell me that they are depressed or that they have anxiety or whatever. And just for um, background, I think I told you this in May, mm. but um, my mental health cocktail has come down to depression PTSD, anxiety, and something called borderline personality disorder. Mm. So these are, this is a pretty fucking severe cocktail already. <laughs> but you know, like I talk to people and they tell me I'm depressed because I, I don't know, like they're, they're not doing well in university or something like that. Mm. And my instant reaction in a, in a uh, situation like this is to say, yes. I understand where you are coming from. I am also depressed because of blah, 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 blah. If someone is being vulnerable with you in that way, you, I, the way I see it is I appreciate if someone is also vulnerable with me back mm -hmm. so that it's not a one-sided conversation. I'm never trying to say it in a way of, oh, I know you're depressed, but look at all this shit that happened to me. <laughs> you know, like I'm never doing that. I'm more depressed than you. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, and I can tell you more times than just one person when I would have this conversation with me, they would end with saying, okay, look, in comparison to you, my life is nothing. Like, I shouldn't be depressed about this. And that's not the way I see it at all. The way, it's, the, the way it is is we are all different people who have grown up with different experiences. So we all have a different acceptance and tolerance to pain in our life. Mm. So that is why if someone tells me I'm depressed because I got a... I, I'm depressed because I failed out. I, I, I have to repeat some courses next year and it slows down my study mm. versus why I'm depressed. I'm never going to be standing there going, no, 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 no. Look at how bad I've had it. You have no right to be depressed because that is the only pain they know, which mm. is the same thing with probably what happened with these French girls. Like that's the only thing I can think of it is that it's just something that they've never needed to deal with on a level of severity in the sense that that is the most severe it has been, been for them. Mm. And the problem is, is with making jokes is that you really need to know your audience. Yeah, dude, I thought I knew them. I was wrong. Yeah, and that's, that's the difficult thing is, you know, like that happens a lot. Is like if you meet people and you get along really well, like from the get-go yeah. and you make jokes and they appreciate, you're like, yes, but there will be those part two that are like, yo, whoa. <laughs> Why are you making jokes about dead babies? Where did this come from? <laughs> so, excuse me. So, like, so, you know, like, that's that's the thing is, like, with, with certain people, like, with you, I know that if we are sitting together and I'm making fucked up jokes, you are there laughing along with me. Uh. But say someone I just met in a bar, I would I would be like, all right, you know, like, okay, kind of let's test, maybe test the waters, like, by putting a toe in. Not by doing what you did, which was fucking cannonball straight into it. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's just a lesson that a lot of people need to think about. It's, it's the same thing with inappropriate jokes. Like, 
if if for me i can think of one specific example which is with my current boyfriend mm. he knows my story right he knows everything that happened to me it was one of the of first com- conversation big conversations that we had because i deal with my ptsd a lot so he's going to be around that so of course it was only fair for him to know and there was one day i think it was in i i don't know it was in like june or no no this was actually just after you came to visit me when we went to amsterdam okay yeah he we were standing in the train station and i yawned and he stuck his finger in my mouth and went <laughs> mouth rape <laughs> And that's what he said to me, right? <laughs> a joke that all of us has made at one point or another. Yeah, maybe. And immediately he got the, he got like white in the face, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh fuck, baby, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it, you know." But for me, is I know that he would never have that intention. Yeah. You know, so like I I didn't even like go like, "Oh no, he made a rape joke. I was raped. Oh dear lord, I'm crying now." Like it was nothing like that. It was, it was just like. I, I ended up having to stand with him for five minutes and be like, honey, it's fine. Like, relax. I'm fine. <laughs> you have to take care of him. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I know that you didn't mean it like that, you know? And and that's the thing is that, but like, for example, another time, um, I got upset uh, a couple of months ago at a party because we were in a big club and I got like groped a few times. Okay. And the thing was, is that I got groped and I couldn't, um, I couldn't confront the person because there were too many people. So like I turned around and whoever did it was in the crowd. And I remember going outside having a cigarette and talking to a friend of mine who I wasn't really close with, but like, you know, we knew each other and everything. Mm-hmm. And I told him like, yeah, you know, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And his reaction, and he said this also in a joking way, was, ah, oh, take it as a compliment. Which is not what you say when someone is upset about this. Yeah, really. And... Okay, mind you, I was drunk and high and shit as well. But like, I was like, dude, I and I told him, I was like, I, I pulled him to the side. And I was like, dude, listen, you know, we're friends. You can joke with me, but don't fucking joke about that because that's it's someone invading my personal space. Yeah, and clearly, so, so I'm somehow not... he somehow basically told you how you should react to everything that happened to you in, a, in that exactly. Joke. So there's a level of what certain jokes can be made with the people that are around you. Like if I'm if I'm out at a party, for example, and I hear a group of people that I'm not even talking to, and one of them makes a rape joke, I go up to them and be like, "Hey, shut the fuck up," <laughs> you know, like, like because that's the thing is like if I'm not in that group and I can hear them, that means someone else might be able to hear them, and they don't know what the fuck is gonna happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just it's just a matter of knowing who your audience is, and people always talk about how how politically correct the world is and everything like that. And it's just kind of like, dude, no, it's just, it's just about being a decent human being and kind of thinking out of your own, own space, in my opinion. Yeah. At least like for me, when I, when I'm thinking about all of this, I'm I'm almost thinking about consequences, right? Mm -hmm. Like the consequence of of the joke or even the like sexual assault itself. Like what, Mm -hmm. what, what's this action going to lead to? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Consequences are like for for me. Like I didn't expect that the consequences would be me going home two days earlier, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think the girls that complained thought that that would be the consequence either. You know, like for me, from that perspective, I I, I was 
in my opinion, misjudged and just thrown away and disregarded like I was nothing. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't find that my actions were justif- justified that type of consequence. But that was the consequence anyways. Mm-hmm. But but regardless, that one day did complain. What did they expect they would gain by that? What justice would they what what would they get? And I'm just trying to wrap my head around that because like still those guys that that did all of those things to you, they're still on the loose. They're still living mm-hmm. their lives, and people still think they're. Some people think that they're good people, but mm-hmm. you 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 would know that deep down inside these people are not good people. Mm-hmm. And I I would hate to to. You know, it, it goes both ways. First off, I'd hate to know that there's these bad people walking around and, and nothing's happening about them. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's the other side of the coin where there's good people who are being accused and their reputation is being fucked for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And the, the consequence is that their reputation is destroyed and they're mm-hmm. going to live weird lives. So that's a fear I carry. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm now afraid of being being accused of something like this again. But, yeah. I, but I do know that if I were accused again or if let's say I am at an event and some other guy gets accused by someone, I, I know that I wouldn't react like any other no, like normal person would. Like I would actually hear both sides out and I would listen, yeah. I, I would see, I would judge it very differently. And I'm glad yeah. that I gained that type of perspective through this happening. Yeah. But but it still goes back to that. You know, I, I hate the stories of hearing about when I hear about a woman who accused the guy of rape when the guy never did anything. Mm-hmm. And, and if the guy was actually found guilty, he'd go to jail for like 15 years. And then they find out that it's all bullshit. And then she gets a two week sentence, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, still justice and consequence in this case. Like, where are we yeah. getting with any of this? Yeah. Um, in regards to that, though. I mean, like I said, I mean, I pre- I'm also the type of person that wants to hear both sides to every story most of the time, you know. Mm. I Because of my own personal experience with it, I will always be a bit biased mm. in the sense that if someone approaches me and tells me this happened, I will, it will be very, it's a lot easier for me to believe the victim. Because mm. the fact of the matter is, is that with every single attack that I've had, and this is a mistake on my part, or I don't know, not. I I haven't reported it. I mean, the first three was because of where I was living. Or sorry, the first two was because of where I was living. And the third one was because I didn't, I was worried about losing my friends. And then the fourth one as well, it was the same situation of I was worried about losing my friends. Because there are so many parts of your life that get impacted by this. Because mm. I, if I remember correctly... I think the statistic for it was like only 23% of all rapes are are reported okay. to the police. And so out of that, like not even a quarter. Mm. And out of that, like, I think it was like 6% is like false. Falsely accusing someone. How how do you prove either though? That's that's what that's what I would ask from a scientific thing. Like, how do you actually get these types of numbers to begin with, when it comes to anything like this? Because I mean, they've they've done. St- I mean, it's like for me, I'm part of the st- statistic, but I've never reported it. Hmm. And that's the thing is with so many other girls and so many other women out there that it's happening to, and men as well, especially especially men, that it happens to. They don't mm. report it because there's mm. just such a deep-rooted part of shame. Shame, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. security and shame, vulnerability, exposed. Yeah, 
Because if you if you tell someone I'm raped, first of all, they instantly look at you differently. Even though yeah. they don't necessarily treat you differently. They, you know, they're like, for example, with what happened with my boyfriend, mm. like with the mouth rape thing. Yeah, okay. The way he reacted with me would be a different way to how he would react with someone that he didn't know or that didn't happen to. You know? But do, just, do you think like other people maybe could see you as weak or vulnerable or they, they ab- wouldn't want to? Absolutely. How, how do you think if, other people would see you mostly? The, 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 the main thing when I was growing up, and this is something that I've dealt with up until just actually very recently, is that I was very scared, scared of being perceived as weak. I was very scared of being perceived as someone that mm-hmm. couldn't take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I was also extremely scared of being seen as dirty. That's so... Yeah. And it is... When, when I started being sexually active outside of my sexual assault, I was very comfortable in my sexuality, in the fact that I was having sex and everything like this, because I was trying to regain power over mm. that kind of situation, which was something that was stripped away from me when I was a kid. Mm. I've always had a different outlook on sex than, than a lot of people because sex is wonderful, but it also is extremely terrifying for me. And the worst part is, is when I'm with someone, for example, with James, the guy that I'm dating now, I remember the first time we had this conversation, I started crying about it. And he assumed that I was crying because it was a difficult conversation for me to have, which it was. Mm. But actually the reason why I was crying, which I told him later, was I was so scared that he would see me as dirty and wouldn't want me anymore. Because you are already so mentally mentally stained you, no, don't you can't want to... uh, you can't really wash that with any soap you exactly you don't want the person like you know there's some people in this life that they they think oh this girl has slept with this many people so she must be used used goods or this mm. girl has been raped and you know so she's dirty or whatever and so that that is also a very very deep root of the shame Shame that you had no control over. You didn't have any control over anything happening. Exactly. How can you be blamed for it at the same time? Yeah. And I mean, now it's, it's now I've kind of gotten to this point and the people around me have helped me get to this point, especially James, Mm. where yes, there's still days where I feel dirty. There's still days where I'm ashamed of what has happened to me. But at the same time, I look back at everything that's happened to me I say, I'm still alive. There, that is fucking incredible in itself. Because mm-hmm. there were so many times, so many times that I didn't want to be alive anymore. Yet I'm still here. I'm still fucking kicking. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm still here and I'm still trying to be the best person I can be out of all this pain and just present so much fucking love to the people around me that I care about. And, and yeah, it's, it's just now I look at it and I go, 
look at all this shit that happened to me and I'm still kicking. I am fucking strong. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to look at it because you really yeah. are. Thanks. <laughs> We're only uh, talking mentally, people, by the way. Like, you should see my arms. They're like twigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when's the last time you worked out, dude? Come on. I went, to, I went swimming like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm, I'm doing this, this thing, this uh, breathing exercise that lets you hold your breath for like three, four minutes. Mm. And and I'm just like so shocked that your body can actually hold its breath for four minutes so easily. Um, I, I'll send it to you. I think you should start doing it. You love it. It's called the Wim Hof yeah. method. It, it involves okay. involves cold showers. Uh. <laughs> okay. I feel, yeah, I feel Is like you're the type of person. Thing or? No, 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 masturbate. No, no, not has, has nothing to do with the no fab or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, it's just really good for the body. Like I've been uh, like telling everyone about it that I know they, like they should try showering with cold water. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like you're the type of person who like puts it on the hottest possible thing and then stays there for three hours. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, I mean, I like warm showers, don't get me wrong. But uh, there's actually this thing I do, which is like sensory deprivation kind of thing. Okay, you like the water tank, uh, the floating tank? Or, yeah, uh... but you can do that in your own shower where you just shower with all the lights off. And you just go in the water. And it's actually really relaxing. Like you mean turn off the lights? You're, turn it's off still the a lights, shower. You're not, the door. not no yeah. bath. No. Okay. Or you can do a bath. I mean, if, if, you, if you have a bath. I know some people don't have that luxury. You can also get a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buckets. You just several bucket, large buckets. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Left foot just in one, the right foot arm in the other. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it's weirdly it's weirdly relaxing because it heightens your senses in terms of touch and focusing on like okay where the fuck is my shampoo bottle, but yeah. like it also it also mutes the other senses and it kind of it makes the world a little bit quiet. So, but but still, you can hear hear the water. Yeah, and yeah, no, no, but but everything else is just calm. It's it's not even quiet. It's just calm. Mm. Like like you know. Um, I mean, you've been in Germany for a while now. You've seen snow, yes? Yeah, I've seen snow. <laughs> Even in Jordan. I've seen snow. <laughs> but, like, have, have, yeah, you've gone walking in the snow at night, right? Yeah, 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 of course. You know that peacefulness? Yeah, definitely. It's like that. Mm. Where it's, it, it is quiet. So like, calm, still no, it's so yeah. clean, it's so... I love exactly. it. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's how I kind of experience it. Untouched, so. untouched snow. Somehow, I find just really, really pretty. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, like, yeah. If I wanted to ask you any more questions, I just ask you how you actually decide who to tell about this, or like, who, how do you know who you can trust enough to to share this with? Because, like you said, you started crying with James because you're afraid of him not seeing you the same way and and mm-hmm. seeing you as less worthwhile. And I I would hate to have to walk with that every day, you know, like this terrible secret that shouldn't even be mine yeah. that I have to contend with. There's um there's certain things that kind of make me not make me, but make me want to tell a person. Okay. Like if there's a person that's been in my life for a while and I know that I can trust them. Like, you know, you just have friends that have been around for a little bit, and then it's like, okay, yeah, I think I'm ready to have this conversation with them. 
I'm always, I'm always a person that is super open about my mental health. I don't necessarily go into all the gory details, mm. but like, for example, with my job during my first week or something like that, because I was worried about, um, having maybe a day where I just can't get out of bed because it still happens. Mm. Um, I, I approached my boss and I said, look, you need to know this because it is only fair that you know this. But these are the mental health struggles that I'm dealing with. One, two, three, four. And I think it's only fair that you know it just because it provides a way that if I call up my boss and say, hey, I'm really struggling to get out of bed today. I don't need to provide an explanation. Mm. It's already out in the open. And it's like I said, mental health is a conversation that needs to happen. It's something that's happening more and people are more accepting to it and more understanding of it than they have ever been in the world mm. but like it's still a conversation that needs to happen and it's like and once again it goes back to this whole thing of not wanting a person to feel the same loneliness that i felt when i was younger because if they see oh look this is a person that's gone through this i can go talk to them they'd understand but like, but like aren't, aren't aren't you afraid of your your parents listening to this at some point for example or anything like that do you do your parents know what you're going through right now because you couldn't tell them back then but my my parents know about my mental health problems they know about the depression they know about the ptsd they know about the anxiety and they know about the borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. i had a conversation to my mom um a few months ago just after just after I got uh, officially diagnosed with all of this. And when I got officially diagnosed, I think it was in February or something. Um, but I had a conversation with my mom where I didn't tell her about the relative because it's mm. on her side of the family. Mm. Um, I didn't tell her about the one uh, during Carnival, but I told her about the one when I was 17, the one that mm. happened at that party. Mm. And actually, when it happened again in um, when it happened this year with that friend of mine who was touching me when I was asleep, um, I also told her about that. And it was terrifying talking to my mom about that. I was so scared oh, because sure. I didn't I didn't want to hurt my mom like that. That is so painful to hear about anyone you care about, let alone your daughter. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was a very emotional conversation. It was unfortunately it was over the phone because she's still in Jordan um and I it would have been a conversation I would have preferred to have in person Mm. but um I mean that was kind of it just kind of came out on that day it was it was something that had been festering for years and it just kind of that day when we were having the conversation I was like this needs to happen I need to tell her now because if Mm. I don't I will explode (laughs) and after that conversation, she she hasn't told my father. I haven't spoken to my father about it yet. Um, I don't know if I ever will. Mm. Because my father is very much from a generation, unfortunately, that doesn't know how to understand that. And the way he was brought up was very different. Do you think he'd just react with violence towards these guys? Like, give me their names it's, and I'm just going to go kill them right now. That That's more my brother. Okay. Um, cause I opened up to my brother about this actually, um, in over the summer when I went to go visit him because mm. I had a very big mental breakdown in one week and I just kind of needed to go and escape. And he was like, okay, come here. I'll buy you a plane ticket. And he already knew about the mental health stuff. 
Uh, and he knew about what happened to me when I was 17. I told him two years ago, but I never told him about all the other shit. And mm. then this time I opened up to him about everything. And he, he was extremely sad. I've, I've never seen my brother so sad. We were kind of, we were sitting in like, we were sitting in a car and we just had this conversation and both of us were like just sobbing mm. in this car because there was just so much pain, but also like so much love. I can. I think that's such so beautiful moments like this. Somehow, yeah. You know, even though, and but, mm. and he definitely would have been the person that's like, give me this guy's name, give me where he lives, and I'm gonna go fucking kill him. But like my father, like because he knows about the mental health, but not about the assaults. Mm. Like sometimes he says little things that he's not. He's really not trying to be an asshole. <laughs> like sometimes he just says things that shows that he doesn't really understand it. Like we were talking over the summer and I was kind of, you know, struggling with the depression a little bit, but not so heavy. And I'd mentioned that to them. And my dad went, so uh, how, how's the weather been? I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's been a bit, it's been, been a bit rainy for the last two weeks, but fine. He goes, yeah, I've been thinking about it. Maybe you're not getting enough sun. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> he, he is a cook, right? Like he cares about yeah. nutrition. <laughs> So are, yeah. do you have enough vitamin D? Are you taking like supplements? You know, yeah. Serious stuff. Yeah, no, but you know, like that's the thing is that he he struggles. And I think this is more out of a place of love that he doesn't, he wouldn't know how to deal with it if he mm. actually accepted the fact that his daughter is actually going through shit and is actually going through pain. Mm. So it's more of a, I, I, I definitely see it, even though it sometimes sucks for me, I definitely see it in a way that he's trying to more protect himself from the pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's shitty. It's shitty when he says things like that. And sometimes I get really mad. After that conversation, I called my brother and I told him, like, yeah, you need to. I was like, you, you, you need to hear this. I need to just rant to you and talk about this. And then my, my brother actually ended up calling my dad and being like, look, I know this is something you're struggling with understanding. I know this is something you don't get. But she's going through a really fucking hard time and you need to not be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just about understanding more. So I, I mm -hmm. think a lot, of, a lot of it is just listening to the other person more than trying to tell them if they're getting enough sun or not. To just yeah, uh, to not try and fix it. Yeah, 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 like yeah. That. Exactly, exactly. Don't yeah. try and fix anything. But like mm -hmm. two things here. First is I really hope that my children are are like I I would hate to think that my the person that's my blood is out there in the world and that they're hiding something like this from me because they're mm -hmm. afraid of how I would look at them or how I would try to fix them or how I would anything like that. Yeah. I, I think like if, if, if anything, the first, uh, like I should be the first person to know, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I, I need to be that for my children somehow. And I hope I, I manage that. Mm -hmm. But, but to, to think that how, how old is your brother, by the way? Uh, 30. So he's older than you. He's known you yeah. all your life, you know. Yeah. And he's known you all your life, and then like, like for for fifteen years, you've been dealing with this thing that he has no idea about, and then in his yeah. face, you know. Yeah. Like like that's. Yeah, I'd sob too in a car. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the know. thing is, is like, it was never. I want to hide this part away from them, you know. That mm. was never the thought process behind it. The maybe maybe process... it's like it's like they they saw you for the person that you always wanted 
So be maybe exactly. Or... Exactly. You don't want them to think, you know, like ah, feck. <laughs> you don't want them to just be looking at you like, yes. <laughs> What do I do with this? Now? What the fuck do I? How do I act? Like how do yeah. I even? Like my like when I opened up to my mother actually, uh, a few weeks after we had the conversation, I asked her I was like, did you tell dad? And she told me no. And it's not because I think that my dad would go kill these guys. It's not because of that. But my dad, both of us, my mother and I, feel that he would react in a way that is not him trying to be mean and not him trying to victim blame or anything, but would end up being him essentially victim blaming. But then again, you know? I think he, he, he'd be the victim himself, no? Yeah. And you don't want to put that on him, like uh... exactly. Like I mean, I think it's hard enough for my dad to deal with the fact that I have depression. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would be like if he finds out that. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important. Like, because when I told my mom about this, my mom told me her own story that she had dealt with when she was a kid. Okay. Yeah. Which you, which so, you didn't know about at the time. Which I didn't know about until we had this conversation. And she had never told anybody until she was 50, which was when she first opened up to my father about it. Okay. And and now she's 55. And this happened to her when she was like a kid. Yeah. So you can imagine holding on to that pain for, what, 40 years? I can't and, imagine. <laughs> yeah, it, like I mean, in the sense that that, but that is just a prime example again of how much shame a person feels in this moment. But not only that, mm. but like, because apparently when she had the conversation with my father, he asked her, "Did you ever tell your mom?" Because my grandmother uh, passed away a few years ago, okay. and my dad just asked, "Did you ever tell your mom?" And my mom said, "No." And dad asked why, and she said, "Because my mom had enough to worry about." And I never wanted to hurt my mom in that way. Mm. It's just a matter of not wanting to hurt the person, the people that love you. It's such a like such a beautiful answer, like such a it's it's beautiful and so sad. And... Exactly. And I think when you were saying like that, when you have a kid, that you want them to be able to come and talk to you about this, I completely understand that. But the only way that will ever happen is if you build them. A structure in their life that they know that they can come to you about that because mm. that's the thing is like with my father I never told him because I never I never you, felt you never saw that there's the space for you to be be absorbed by that exactly yeah. versus with my mother even though it took me a while to tell her I did eventually tell her mm. and my brother as well when we had that conversation of us crying in the car Um, he asked me because he has another, he has a half sister as well, another half sister, and she's 16 now or something like that. He asked me, how can I ever protect this from happening to her? Or if it does happen to have her be able to come talk to me. And my only answer is, and this is something that I think would work for me. Of course, I don't know it would because it didn't happen. Mm is to have it be an open conversation. It's a tough conversation. Like, you know how every parent in some form or another usually gives their kid the sex talk? Yeah. That is also something I feel should be part of it. 
that sometimes there are shitty people in this world that want to do shitty things. And sometimes there are good people in this world that have a sudden lapse of who they are and do shitty things. Like, that's the thing is that sometimes, you know, there, there's these people that do this again and again and again, and these are awful people. Mm. These are just evil people. But people that you know, like for example, with what well, happened. Listen, like, like I guess what I guess where you're coming with this, but yeah. do you really do you really think they're evil people, or do you think that something like this must have happened to them too, and that's why the cycle continues? Like, can can I, you see them as as pure evil, or? I think there's definitely factors that come into play in the sense that they they feel the need to act in this way, like during Carnival with that guy. I've had when people found out about it because some I told somebody and it was the wrong idea. Mm. Um, I had a lot of conversations with people telling me, but he's such a good guy. I can't imagine him doing this. Mm. <coughs> Sorry. And I'm not saying that he's not a good guy with these people. I'm not saying that that is who he is in his identity. I'm just saying he, a person can be 99% good all of the time. And then it's sometimes that 1% that really can fuck someone else up for their, for their life. Yeah. Same thing with what happened with you and me. Mm. You're a good I guy. I don't think I fucked anyone's life. No, 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 no. But I mean, but I mean, you know, you're, you're a good guy through and through. You just had a, a fucking lapse in judgment, you know? And... <laughs> But I, I don't think that takes away from you being a good guy. Okay, mind you, with some of these guys, like, fuck that. No, no with all of these guys. I don't want them to be around. I don't want to be around them because it's too, it's too painful for me. Mm. But, like, for example, um, with the guy in March, when he, after we had that situation, there was a girl that I noticed was flirting with him and that he was flirting with a lot. Okay. And I pulled this girl to the side one day, mm. said, look, please please be careful around this guy. I'm not going to tell you, avoid him, but just, you know, just be cautious that something could happen, you know, because mm. I'm, and I, I didn't even tell her what happened. I told her just mm. be cautious. Mm. And then I found out three weeks later they were dating, mm. you know, <laughs> and that was very painful for me as well to be like, all right, I gave you advice. And you basically went, yeah. And threw it out the window. Yeah, but like sometimes it's complicated, you know. She might have yeah. thought he's he's more interesting because of you actually saying that, and she wanted to find yeah. out more about him. Or yeah, people are fucked up. <laughs> regardless, people are fucked up, but it's nice that you get that they're fucked up, and you're just yeah. you're not you're, you didn't even tell her what he did or anything like yeah. that. You you're just no. I mean, it's, I don't it's know like if I can be like that to be honest. It's like with me, like with my with my BPD, my borderline. Mm. There's moments, and for a lot of people that have borderline as well it's a very common symptom that they become extremely aggressive. Okay. And I'm not a person that becomes extremely aggressive. I can, what I call flip in the sense where I go from being in a normal state to all of a sudden just being really angry and upset. And I will say mean things and everything, but I will never be physically aggressive with somebody. Mm. And the problem is, is when I flip a lot of the time when I'm, it, it's, it's literally your brain going, be mean. Be mean, be mean, be mean. But do you think it's a protective and mechanism then, or? I don't know. It's just something that unfortunately happens. Mm. And it's, and then there's the other part of your brain going, but why are you being mean to this person right now? They've literally yeah, exactly. done nothing. 
Mm. They've literally done nothing. Like, because a lot of the time, I'm like, when I flip, it's around James. Okay. And, and like, there was one, I, I literally just looked at him and I went, fuck you. <laughs> For no reason at all. He was, he was doing nothing. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is that in these moments, you know, like, I'm not a nice person. And whether these moments last, I think the longest they've lasted would be like 30 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm having those moments because of everything that has happened to me. Because I've been fighting, like, the borderline is a result of the fact that I've been dealing with depression, anxiety, and PTSD for more than 10 years. Like, it has to have some form of release somehow, and that's, that's exactly. the Exactly. And channel. when that happens, mm. I always apologize to James afterwards. Mm. Always. I'm sitting there crying in front of him a lot of the time, going, I'm so fucking sorry, I didn't mean this, I don't hate you, I love you, blah, 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 blah. And he knows that. Mm. But it's nice, like, because I, I met him, like, I like, I love, I love the guy. He's so patient mm-hmm. and he's so like calm and so understanding. Yeah. and he's insane. so rational, and yeah, <laughs> and and that's the thing. And he's so much he, fun too. Like, he's actually he's such a fun guy. Yeah, he's really, really, really cool. Yeah. And it's just in those moments, I feel like such a bad person, and yeah. I've, and the way he makes me see it is, yeah, sure, I did some bad shit, but that doesn't make me a bad person. Like, dude, you have the best conscience I've seen in my life, you know, like, you're... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but hey, but hey, just, just, to, just to share something that I've been going through the past, like, three weeks. Yeah. I, I don't know what exactly triggered it, but I've been feeling like I want to somehow punch the world in the mm-hmm. face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to punch a specific person. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anyone because I know, like, if I'm mean to, yeah. to, to him or, like, no one deserves not being, not being kind to someone. I think you should just always be kind as a default. Mm-hmm. But, but I just felt like this, this world, just all of it, you know, <laughs> just needs a good punch in the face. And, and I didn't know how, I don't know how to channel, I'm not sure how to channel it too much uh i think i think it comes from thinking like how we a lot of what we see and a lot of how we act and what we do is just generally wrong and and i can see that like as a, as a society we're progressing out of that but i don't know i think i think what sort of happened is that i felt like everything around me is is an act everyone how everyone's dressed the words you say to represent what you mean all of these things are just representations and a representation is an act and i just felt like everything is an act and like the only truth like if you want to really dig into it is you know consciousness and and the one awareness that is all but beyond that is just representations that that continue continuing because everything needs to continue and then i, I was just pissed at that it just felt like no matter what i do i'll never be genuine i'll never I'll, I'll never be real i'll only be an act but but even though like this act is the genuine act of what's inside of me mm-hmm. it still feels like an act and, and i just need to act the right way for the right person to see the right thing for them to think the right thing and to act the right way mm-hmm. and then it's it still goes back to acting again because that's the only reality that we're in and that just got me like so mad at the world you know mm-hmm. <laughs> punch it somehow and I like but then like why I'm even mentioning this is because I think we all need some type of channel to put put our energy into and I'm glad you have James as a channel you know but he's I, like there's only so much anyone can take of, of mm-hmm. <laughs> just random meanness um like I I think like what I'm going to do soon is uh once I start the internship and once I get like a good structure going on and a part of that structure is going to be uh, fighting classes, MMA. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, to get some I, of like, that aggression out. Guess it's out, man, because I, yeah. I can't I can't be hateful, I can't be mean, I can't be anything, but just something about going face to face against someone mm-hmm. and you have have to be you have to be nimble, you have to be quick and you have to be strong somehow and to keep up mm-hmm. endurance and stamina. It just takes that all out of you. And I like the best I've seen myself ever like the best I was ever at was when I was taking those mm-hmm. classes. So I think that's for me the channel that I would uh go back to. Hopefully soon, so I can. Like, I don't feel the feeling anymore of punching the world, but but I can still remember <laughs> what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I I completely get that. But in regards to that, something I've noticed, and just just to clarify, by the way, a lot of these thoughts that I'm expressing and realizations have occurred at like three in the morning when I've been talking with someone for like eight hours. <laughs> Are we getting the distillation of of all of that? Yeah. Is that, you know, when you have someone who's with you and they act in a certain way and then they go off with someone else and they act in a completely different way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it frustrates you and you like to think, what, oh, what frustrates I'm real, me even more, I'm the same, you know? Yeah, what frustrates and, me more is when yeah. the person, when you're with the person and there's someone and then someone else comes and then mm-hmm. even, like you're still there and they're yeah. completely and they act different. Mm-hmm. I mean... The thing is, is it's in our human nature to be in a community. Mm. We need other people to survive. We need other people to thrive. So what people do, and I, I'm not talking about these people that, you know, you hang out with and then they go hang out with someone else and they're cunts to you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people mm. that like, for example, the way you act around your friends and around me is probably different to the way you act around your parents. Yeah, of course. You know, and this is just a matter of, I, th- I think it's just something that's so deep rooted, like deeply rooted in our brains that we do it because ultimately everybody, unless you're going through this weird emo phase as a teenager, everyone wants to be liked, <laughs> you know, you're not necessarily liked, but at least respected. And you need to act with p- different people in different ways because we have this innate need to be within a group of people and to be accepted within this group of people so that we can continue as a community. Mm. That, that's how I see it. Because back, what, back in the fucking Stone Age, if you weren't in a community, you'd die. you die. Simple the as that. The wolves gonna get your ass. <laughs> the wolf, uh, yeah, the wolves. <laughs> were, were the wolves around then? <laughs> the dinosaurs gonna get your ass. No. <laughs> But, you know, like, this is exactly what I mean, is that it's just an innate survival instinct, which is why sometimes people just adapt, because they think, okay, with this person, I need to be this way. And a lot of the time, it's not even realizing that they're doing it. But I know, for yeah. example, I'm a different person speaking to you than I am speaking to my parents. Mm. I, it's, it's, it's just... Yeah, I, I get you, it. I get it. Yeah. But I think what bothers me is that once you see that... It is all, regardless of what it is, is it's just an act. Even even mm-hmm. the wolves between each other, they're acting. Even mm-hmm. every, everything is just acting, and it's all this complicated network of all these actors acting differently around different actors. And because one actor can be different depending on different actors, infinity can exist. Exactly. So, so, so it's just a matter of different combinations that allow infinity to exist in this case and just like i'm seeing it and now i now i feel more in tune with the the actor himself let's say so i'm I'm more okay with it but just like someday this act is going to fade away and nothing's going to be left yeah Um, i i don't think it's nothing going is going to be left i think you reach this point 
that you realize that you are comfortable in the way that you are in a way that it's like, I will not change myself to be liked. You know, I think everyone yeah, kind of gets yeah. this point in their you, life. Like, sooner or later, you have to get to a point where you're just okay with yourself, no matter mm-hmm. who, who likes you. You just have to like yourself. Yeah. But work, I think you have to work to like yourself. Exactly. Like for me, like before, you know, like I, like I said earlier, that I, when you first meet me, I'm extremely outgoing. I'm loud. I'm in your face. Your face. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of like not a lot of people but there has been, there have been some people that until they get to know me they're kind of like ah that's she's she's a bit too much you know <laughs> she she seems like a lot <laughs> i i'm definitely not that level of uh beers in or yeah, I, I, like i've that. never felt that personally just so you know but, no no uh... i know but there there are some people that feel that way mm. but but that's the thing is that before if someone would tell me Ah, yeah, you know, in the beginning when I first met you, I didn't really like you. I thought you were, I thought you were a bit annoying, or I thought you were really loud, or whatever. I'd be like, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you felt that way. But now I'm like, yeah, but now you got to know me, and I'm cool, right? <laughs> or, or like, if someone just tells me, I, I think you're too loud, and I, I, you know, I don't want to be around you. Okay, fine. I'm not your type of person, but I'm somebody else's type of person. Yeah. You know, yeah. as long as you don't behave like an asshole. And fucking, you're, you have the right to like whoever you like and dislike whoever you dislike. Just don't be a bitch. Just don't be a bitch. <laughs> Honestly, that's the only thing in yeah, this world that I believe. Just, yeah, don't you be a bitch. Do, what, do whatever the fuck you want. Just yeah. don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> that should be the title of this podcast, Don't Be yeah, a Dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. That's, that's exactly what this, this episode is going to be like. Uh, nice. <laughs> explicit episode. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot of swearing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like we we covered a lot honestly like we went through yeah. how how you know your vulnerability being afraid of being judged uh your reputation uh exposure and you know what what's what i think like okay maybe, maybe it's too much to cover in this episode and it's a political it's like deciding how you get justice in these situations and mm-hmm. from those consequences i think is something that is, is a different debate altogether and all of society is oh, struggling yeah. with that but i'm glad that we got to just understanding your perspective a lot more like you're so articulate with how you describe everything and it's obvious yeah. like you've thought this out and i mean you have to yeah but, exactly uh, no, you don't really have a choice in this shit <laughs> it's just i mean like... yeah like, like you said there's there's a lot of people who just decide not to think about anything but yeah. then, then i don't know i feel like those people are somewhat uh, in a case Either they blocked what's inside of them so much that they're basically empty, or I don't know how, how to describe this properly. Like when you block that from affecting you, you're also block, blocking yourself from going and growing against that. Yeah, exactly. Yourself. I feel like you're soulless somehow when you mm-hmm. when you just decide to. You're something. you're choosing to ignore the problem exactly, and pretending that a problem isn't there is just. Yeah, it's it's so not so. What what would you say? What would you say to to young Carly when she was seven <laughs> or six before anything oh. anything happened? Um, and I'm guessing this is a conversation in a way that things would not change in the future. Yeah. I would tell her that. You can think about this if you want. Like it's a heavy question. Like, I'm not. Uh, I've I've thought about it. <laughs> because there's a TV show I watch where they occasionally show pictures of like the contestants' younger self, and they're like, "What would you say to this person?" <laughs> and I've thought about it, and 
I would say something along the lines of that there's going to be a lot of shit that's going to fly your way and shit's going to hurt for a really long time and things are probably not going to stop hurting for a really long time. But the most important thing is you're going to be alive. You're going to find people that love you. And you are going to turn something that is so painful and evil and dark into something that is so much love for the people that you have around you. And shit's going to shit's going to suck for a while, but it's going to get better. And that's what I would tell me. Because <laughs> shit did suck for a while. Yeah. But it's better. Like I'm tearing up myself, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no emotions. <laughs> no, no. Who needs emotions, anyways, right? Like, yeah. it's just. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you just uh, take all of that and you make it worth it, and yeah, I'm sure. Like, exactly. I'm sure I'll only see more love come out of you throughout your entire life, Carly. And I'm so glad mm. that you decided not to take your life. You know, like, <laughs> me too, man. Th- then I wouldn't have you in my life. You know, selfish. <laughs> Who'd be is. doing this podcast right now? <laughs> <laughs> Who would be fucking doing this with me, man? You know? Yeah. Oh God. So I'm thanks. really glad we did that, though. I'm so this. happy. I'm so happy, and I'm yeah. so like grateful that you. I'm so astounded by the fact that you have the courage to to come up and. Um, yeah. Like, th- like this is something your grandchildren can listen to theoretically <laughs> speaking. Be uh, like, damn, grandma, you went through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> damn, grandma, you go hard. <laughs> Where'd that love go, Granny? Where'd it go? <laughs> Where's my love? I need some love. I ran out. I ran out a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm I'm really happy I did this, and like I said multiple times, this is a conversation that needs to happen. It, people need to be more open about it and if they want to of course but i mean yeah. yeah whatever makes them comfortable but like like final notes how can maybe you can't answer that really like it's a stupid question i was gonna ask like how can someone like who isn't comfortable with sharing it with anyone like how the fuck do you actually process this to begin with like how do you go deep down how do you even begin to think about something like this to get out i it's... can't it's something that you need to, I mean, it's like my mother, like she only told someone after 40 years and she was just dealing with it herself. Everyone, everyone in the same way that everyone feels things differently in comparison to everyone else, like how someone can be depressed because of one thing and another person can be depressed because of eight things. Mm. It's just something that you learn as a person to deal with yourself. And unfortunately, there are some people that, like you said, shut it away and just ignore it. And I never think that's a solution to something because eventually everyone has this moment where things bubble up and you explode emotionally. Mm. And for those listening and for you, whoever you are, don't be afraid to fucking talk because people... As the, even though some people can be really, really, really shitty, people, everybody just wants to be loved. Everyone just wants to feel love, whether it's love for themselves or love for another person or love from another person. We are all inherently the same. Mm-hmm. And 
you just need to find the right person to talk to. There's always going to be people that victim blame. There's always going to be people that say, that ain't that bad. You're fine. But there are going to be those people like me, like Khalid, like whoever, that if you talk to them, they will be there, whether it's to give you advice, whether it's to listen, whether it's to just have a conversation about it. They will be there for you. And whatever they do will be adapted for you to help you. And don't shove pe- things in a box, people. Like, just don't. Don't shove, don't <laughs> shove things in boxes. They come out worse. <laughs> so they much worse. <laughs> grow into dragons and they bite you later. But like, yeah. e- even even if someone can't find someone in their immediate surroundings to talk to, like, we're, we live in a time where mm. you can talk to so many people online. Yeah. And there's something that I actually did for a while. It's called Seven Cups of Tea. Mm-hmm. And and what you do is like you you go in and you start talking to like I was the t- the person that they talked to, mm-hmm. and I just listened to everything that they did have to say and 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 sometimes that's all you need, at, yeah. at least to start with. And there's no judgment from someone you don't know completely that lives exactly. ten thousand kilometers away. So yeah, don't you keep can it also in the box. write. That's a you big can also thing. write, right? Like you, or, you don't even need to post it online. I started a blog a few months ago when I felt like I didn't really have anyone to talk to about the certain issues I was going through. Mm. I, I don't think anybody fucking read my blog. <laughs> it was just, it was something, it's an outlet. You just need to find that outlet that helps you get through what you're going through and helps you deal with it because as difficult as it may be, you got to deal with the shit you go through. Otherwise, the shit is going to deal with you. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm <laughs> quoting that. You deal with the shit you you're going through, it deals with you. Yeah. So thank you so much, Carly, for sharing so much with us and like I'm I'm so happy I have you in my life, honestly. Oh, I'm so happy <laughs> like, I have you in my life. <laughs> Jesus, seriously, thank you so yeah. much. No problem. This was fun. We should do this, this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely will. Like there's no doubt. At least like once yeah. a year or once every two years and uh, something like that. Yeah. See how you progress and like how you think about things now versus mm-hmm. how you thought about them. Yeah, um, that's good. It's fun, fun stuff to always have this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Carly. Well, have a good night. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> okay, now we ended that. Cool. <laughs> cool. So yeah, we'll definitely do this again, man. Like, yeah, no, for oh, sure. I'm, uh, I'm down. I mean, whenever you want. Just if I have the time, just let me know. And I mean, it doesn't always have to be a sad shit thing that we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, it doesn't have to be <laughs> sad shit. Like we can talk about uh, Brad Pitt if you want or like George Clooney. I don't have much to say about them. Like neither, <laughs> I, They're pretty, but that's where the conversation <laughs> that's ends. That's where the conversation ends. Oh my God. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, like what? Like yeah, like emotion. Like I'm a bit uh, still. Like I need to take a walk after this. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go smoke like three cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go take a walk. You know, breathe a bit. You know, calm down. Call my mom. See how she's doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I just need to breathe a bit. Uh, have a cup yeah, it's of tea. a lot. It's a um, yeah, because yeah. like I had to ask myself, you know, I actually asked myself this question um, about how, like, if I'm if I'm having this conversation with you to justify for my own sake how I got accused of sexual harassment, or mm-hmm. am I actually talking to you because I actually want perspective and to understand and to mm-hmm. listen and where you're coming from? And like, like it's funny that like we'd even have these types of thoughts, you know, that mm-hmm. I, I don't want people to judge me. I don't. I I, I want to justify what I did. I think that's such a bad way of thinking, and I'm so glad yeah. that I 
Like I just have to be more aware of how I think and and try to to okay. be more genuine. This is this is the fight I mean against punching the world. Is just trying to be more genuine with the reasons of why you do anything that you do. Really, yeah. I'm so happy, so happy that you wanted to do this. But actually, why did you like really want to do this? Besides the sentence that this is a conversation that that needs to be heard. Because I've been saying that for a long time that this is my story everyone's story with this is something that needs to be heard by people and you know I realized up until you asked me to do this podcast I haven't really done much to actually have this conversation be heard besides talk to people around me mm-hmm. and this definitely allows first of all for a more public thing and it's something that I don't know like because I knew that you were you were in pain over what happened mm-hmm. and like I I I don't I don't know I didn't want you to be in pain anymore and I was hoping the conversation would help. Yes, see, this is what I find crazy. <laughs> like you have the nicest heart <laughs> in the world. Like, like how you gave me your bike to take with me that night. Like, Shout out to Carly. Shout out to Carly. In the house. Yeah. So should we name the episode "Don't Be a Dick" or "Shout Out to Carly"? <laughs> Whatever you want. don't be a dick. Don't like, be a dick. Hyphen. Shout out to Carly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, man. How long does it usually take you to edit this shit? Yeah, listen. Like I have to actually listen through this again. So like I'm gonna go yeah. through the, the same trauma twice. Oh, uh, have fun. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, how how are you feeling? Good. I need a cigarette, but good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. I need a cup of tea. Uh, we found some English tea today with like Yorkshire tea. Okay. And uh, James was so fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yes, proper English tea. 